Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Episode 163 of the Read to Lead podcast is brought to you in part by FreshBooks with a month-long all-access free trial for you. To find out more, visit freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. What is very possible is to help already motivated people make the changes that they already want to make and are struggling to make. That's a huge business. Welcome to the Read to Lead podcast with Jeff Brown. Jeff believes that if you desire to achieve true success in business and in life, then consistent and intentional reading is a must. The Read to Lead podcast will not only help you narrow this ever important reading list, but also bring you key insights and valuable feedback from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. And now, here's Jeff. Did you know that this is the podcast that is dedicated to your personal and professional growth? It's a passion of mine, and I'm glad to know that it's one of yours as well. We talk about leadership, of course, but also discuss topics like personal growth, productivity, career, business, marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, a lot more. Today, you and I are going to get to learn from Tara Nicole Nelson. She's the author of a brand new book called The Transformational Consumer. Fuel a lifelong love affair with your customers by helping them get healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Now, in that you listen to podcasts, especially a podcast like this one, tells me that you're probably a transformational consumer. But it also means you're likely a leader hero employed by or leading a company or brand whose vision and goal it is to impact the lives of transformational consumers. If either or both of those is the case for you, then you definitely want to stick around for my conversation with Tara in just a moment. I plan to ask Tara about the number one limiting factor of nearly every business, uh, the danger in trying to motivate the unmotivated, why it's necessary to rethink every aspect of your business, and much, much more. If you missed it a few months ago when we opened up for the first time registration to Read to Lead University, an ongoing book club made up of Read to Lead podcast listeners, then your next chance to get in happens next week. From March 28th to April 1st, 2017, registration will again be open and we're letting in another 50 people into the book club. Together, we read a book a month and stay up to date and track our progress inside our private Facebook group, open to members only. Every month, there are new reading tips and reading-related resources shared. And at the end of each month, we get together for a live virtual book chat. In fact, our next one is in just a few days as we wrap up reading the book Deep Work by Cal Newport. If you want to be more intentional and consistent in what you read... And if you like the idea of coming together each and every month with other like-minded people to talk about what you're reading, then the Read to Lead University Book Club is for you. To get your name on the list so you'll be notified when registration opens in just a few days, just go to readtoleaduniversity.com and enter your name and email address. That's readtoleaduniversity.com. If you're in the States, you can simply text the word university to 33444. That's university to 33444. Special thanks to Cloud Accounting Software FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode of the Read to Lead podcast. You know, every time I use FreshBooks, it's like I'm donning a cape because the time I save 
makes me look like a superhero, at least in the eyes of my wife anyway, and that's what counts. So if you want to look like a superhero in the eyes of the people who care about you, then maybe it's time you step up to the plate and try Fresh Books. It's simple and easy to do. In fact, it's absolutely free for 30 days. An unrestricted, all-access, free trial to Fresh Books can be yours just by going to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Even if you're not running an online business, maybe you run a brick and mortar business, fresh books could be just the thing that streamlines your accounting and makes everything easier. I know it helps me get paid faster. Clients can pay online. I love that aspect. I can give them all kinds of options for how to pay me. Invoices can be customized. I rarely spend more than 30 seconds to a minute creating an invoice. And anytime I need to communicate with my CPA or my bank about what's going on inside my business, it's so, so simple. Take advantage of that free trial available to you as a Read to Lead listener right now when you go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead and be sure to enter Read to Lead in the How Did You Hear About Us section. One more time, that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Tara Nicole Nelson is the founder and CEO of Transformational Consumer Insights. She's also the former vice president of marketing for MyFitnessPal, now part of Under Armour, where her teams covered brand, growth, engagement, content, and digital and social media and media relations. She holds a master's degree in psychology and a Juris Doctorate from the University of California, Berkeley, and is the president of City Slicker Farms, a nonprofit food justice organization in West Oakland. Tara is also the author of The Transformational Consumer, Fuel a Lifelong Love Affair with Your Customers by Helping Them Get Healthier, Wealthier, and Wiser. Tara Nicole, welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Well, uh, Tara says that the number one limiting factor of almost every business isn't the things you would would typically think about. It's not growth. It's not uh, the competition. It's actually disengagement. So I wanted to start, Tara, by having you explain what you mean when you say that you believe we're we're not asking the right questions and we're we're not having the right conversations around this. Yeah. You know, when I, uh, I'm a consultant, so I talk to lots of CEOs and, and executive teams of businesses of every size, of every stage. And I, I feel like I'm having too many conversations about what should be posted on Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is, it is super common for me to, on first meeting with the CEO of a hundred million dollar plus company for the conversation to turn to Twitter or to turn to how many, how can we grow followers on social media channels? Mm. How can we grow, grow, grow? And in some ways, you know, that is natural because it is the instinct of an entrepreneur or an executive to try to get more and increase. The challenge is all of these companies that I see are out there spending all of their marketing budgets on getting more people into whatever the top of their funnel looks like, whether that means more social media followers, more customers, more, more, more. (laughs) And no one's really paying attention to the fact that these people, once you get them in very expensively, get them in, are totally disengaged. Mm. Um, So it's like the most expensive pouring out of of a valuable resource down the bathtub with no stopper ever. Um, the thing is, you can actually do that. You can buy growth, right? You can spend a lot of money. You can do brand advertising, growth hacking, product marketing. You can pay to get people in the top of the funnel, but you can't actually pay to get them engaged. Mm-hmm. And when I say engagement, I just mean you can't really pay to get people to care about 
the things that you make or sell or do or publish. Um, so it requires some actual just attention and care and a shift to focusing on what people actually want and need and care about already. And it takes some, you know, humility and willingness to align your business to those things. And if you do that, any company that gets both their customers and their employees to care about what they do over and over again will thrive. Um, so that's just, that's my sort of contextual argument mm-hmm. for the whole idea of this book and, and my life's work, frankly, is that, you know, we're all spending all of our time pouring money into this top of the funnel and no one's thinking about engaging people once they're in. And we should. Mm. Well, uh, to set sort of the context for uh, the remainder of our conversation, let me have you uh, define uh, specifically this, this term you use in in the book's title and obviously throughout the book called the transformational consumer. Can you can you lay that out for us? Absolutely. So the transformational consumer is a, it's really a it should be plural <laughs> consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, a massive group of people, a really rapidly group of people who see all of life as a series of projects to change their own behavior for the healthier, wealthier, and wiser. Mm -hmm. So these are people that believe that they can change almost anything about their lives, but they know that sort of the linchpin to creating changes in these areas and healthier, wealthier, wiser, the linchpin to doing that is to manage their own behavior, to change their own behavior. They also know behavior change is hard because they've tried to do it a lot of times. (laughs) Right. <laughs> they've tried and failed. They've done the diet. They've tried the, the thing. You know, they know it's really hard. So the thing that's exciting about that for businesses is it creates a predisposition within this group of people to be out there constantly seeking from the marketplace, the products, the services, the content that will actually help them make these changes. Right. So they tend to be very experimental with new products, new content. They tend to be early adopters of things. And they also tend to be highly influential on the buying behavior of the people around them. Like in their circle of friends, their personal brand tends to be like the person who's always starting a side business, getting a certification, doing a new kind of workout, trying a new way of eating, philosophy around eating. So people are constantly asking them for recommendations. And it's kind of a thing that they pride themselves on. They, they give a lot of recommendations by this read that blog like that. Mm. Um, so I joke often that if you've ever, if you've been both vegan and paleo at different times of your <laughs> life, <laughs> you are very likely a transformational consumer, but also, you know, most entrepreneurs are transformational consumers. Most people who read business books and listen to podcasts to try to improve their careers and their mm. businesses are transformational consumers. And if I could underscore one point out of the, you know, for the book, I did a a research study with with Qualtrics. Um, We surveyed over 2,000 U.S. customers, representative of geography, of age, of gender, of income. Over 50% of people who we talked to identified with the defining characteristics of the transformational consumer. Mm -hmm. They said they use digital or real-world products at least several times a week in an effort to achieve their healthier, wealthier, wiser goals. So 50% of people is not a niche. This is not like (laughs) your super extreme granola, you know, crunchy audience. This is a lot of people. And this is the primary lens that they're using to make over $4 trillion of consumer purchases a year. Um, So, you know, to put it in context, a lot of your audience may be, you know, looking at marketing to millennials or boomers or moms 
Um, my argument and the argument of the book is that it's actually much more powerful for predicting and serving what people will want and need on a consumer level to look at them through the levels of their aspirations and the problem, the real world journey that they go through in an effort to be healthier, wealthier and wiser. That will sh- bear much more revealing fruit to you on a, you know, from a business point of view than what ethnicity they are or where they live or even their age. Uh, Contrast that, if you would, Tara, with with the concept of the personal disruption conundrum. Yes, 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 yes. So the personal disruption conundrum, there's like a story I like to tell to illustrate Mm. this about a friend of mine who's he's he's now, uh, I guess he would call himself like a habit expert. But back in the day, he was a personal trainer and Originally, he trained a bunch of Marine Corps cadets getting ready for the physical. And, you know, there's like a really specific Marine physical that people have to pass. Mm. And so he would like, he's, the way he says it, he says he would give them a program, he would tell them what to do, and then they would do it, and they were successful. And it was great. <laughs> 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 Until he started training civilians. And he trained this woman who, had, who was a retired nun, and she had a really sharp tongue (laughs) and he would tell her what to do and she would like not do it um and this kind of became their pattern and he wasn't really sure what to do about it and one day she actually sat him down and said hey you know what's actually going on here you think i don't know what to do and you're trying to educate me on what to do i know what to do i know i should exercise i know i should eat differently what i need is your help making myself do it Mm. i need help making myself do it. So that's a, that is a, an enormous pattern that I have spotted over the years and just working on all kinds of brands. I call it the personal disruption conundrum, mm. that I know what to do. I just need help making myself do it. That, is the, that conundrum is the number one limiting factor of transformational consumers. That is the thing that they're out there looking for brands and businesses and content to help them solve for. You'll hear this a lot when you talk to leaders where they think that the role of content and the role of marketing should be to educate their audiences. It should be to help them understand what to do. That's that's really, it's misguided. It's mm. well-intentioned, but it's misguided because, and I, I say this coming from, you know, my last corporate role, I actually worked on a, on a brand where we had, a, you know, over a hundred million mostly weight loss oriented customers, people know what to do. They know they should be eating differently, (laughs) better eating less, working out more. They know that what they need is help at overcoming all of the obstacles in their real world lives uh, to doing those things. So then you like, that's a real perspective shift. Mm. And a lot of the book actually is about how how you can begin to get a grasp on to just understand what all those obstacles are and what helps trigger people's progress uh, down the journey that they want to have toward healthier, wealthier, wiser, um, and how to sort of make that be the focus of your product innovation efforts and your marketing efforts. Like how can we systematically remove obstacles on our customer's journey and trigger progress along their journey? That becomes like your new lens for innovation and for creativity. When you were describing transformational uh, consumers earlier, you mentioned the word uh, motivate or or motivation. Is there a danger in trying to motivate the unmotivated? In other words, is it is it best to just stick with people already motivated to change and help them make it? So I'm not I'm I'm old enough to know not to say what one should never do. (laughs) (laughs) So I won't say never. Mm. I will say 
it's it's again kind of goes back to education right like mm. they should be teaching people why they should care mm. um i do not work on those kinds of programs <laughs> because <laughs> you it is a very very difficult thing to make somebody care about something they don't care about right. um maybe it's impossible whether it's difficult or impossible what is very possible is to help already motivated people make the changes that they already want to make and are struggling to make. Like that's a huge business. Mm. Um, and, and I don't want to suggest that it's easy, but it's definitely um, in it, it, on every kind of healthy, wealthy, wise goal from being a better steward of your personal finances to buying a home to, you know, leveling up your career or starting a business, you know, or being a better citizen of the world, traveling, all of these things fall within healthier, wealthier, wiser. It's not just about fitness or mm. weight loss. Um, on, in every one of those things, there are so many people who already want to do those things. I just think it's an, um, it, is a, it is hard to see return on trying to make the people out there who don't want those things want them. Mm. Um, so I, I really always urge brands and, and companies and leaders that I work with to focus on the huge number of people who already are there on motivation. They just need something. Um, there's a professor at Stanford who works on what he calls persuasive technology, how you can help change behavior with technology. Um, and he calls it putting a hot trigger in the path of already motivated people. Mm. Um, his name is BJ Fogg. But yeah, so like I, I tend to focus, you know, the marketing and product efforts and, and initiatives that I work on, on how do you find, first of all, how do you find the people that already are motivated? Because they're out there. They're already out there. They're on the internet. They're in the stores. They're talking to individual service providers. They're out there looking. So how do you find them and unlock new realms of possibility for them? If you can do that over and over again for already motivated people, you're in you're in business. I think it was the work of, of BJ Fogg uh, that that inspired me to do something a couple of months ago. I never thought I, I could do, uh, and that was go from fifty pushups and setups a day to a hundred. Uh, push-ups and setups a day just by adding one more uh, each day and yesterday by the way was day 100 so i'm pretty excited about that Whoa, <laughs> awesome. well, that's funny because i do issue myself personally a lot of personal growth challenges mm. um i've done everything from like ten thousand kettlebell swings in a month mm. one time i did a, a dating challenge i went on three dates a week for 10 weeks <laughs> oh wow <laughs> <laughs> uh, i do not recommend people do that one <laughs> by the way i would just like to share my insights and not have have you have to go <laughs> but um it's an interesting thing that i am starting to see i've started to run um 30-day writing challenges for leaders mm. They're free and one of the most fulfilling things I've ever done in my career. But they, I, I've seen the uptake in them and that challenges, challenges like that kind of are, have become our generation's sort of, instead of going on diets, we issue ourselves challenges. Mm. And there's a lot of interesting insights that I've had as I've started to run challenges for other people. Um, in that I applied to like marketing to transformational consumers. And I have like you found many times I'll, I'll just start with like a little challenge, a 30 day thing and I'll end up doing it for 90 days or mm -hmm. forever. You know, sometimes there are pieces my, I have had a daily writing practice for years now. And originally I kind of just challenged myself to do it for 30 days, mm -hmm. did it for like 10 of the 30 
the second time I wrote a book and then I just kept it as a habit because it's so rewarding. So mm. I love that. Excellent. Well, let's speak, if you would, uh, Tara, to some of the, the complex and, and unpredictable ways the journeys of transformational consumers uh, typically unfolds, because it's, it's often not a linear process, is it? Well, it's not. You know, I think a lot of people sort of have the insight, the core insight that people want change and serving that change is, is a good way to do business. Hmm. Um, I think people shy away from doing it and actually like building that into their businesses and systematically seeking to get after how they can remove obstacles for people um, because people are messy because <laughs> humanity is messy. <laughs> and a lot of the systematic sort of logical linear thinkers that create in particular the technologies of our time mm. um, are a little afraid to start talking to and trying to serve real humans because they are not linear you know, and so what I'll see sometimes, I'll go into a company and they'll say, we have a customer journey map. And the customer journey map is like, they start at point A, they go to point B, then they go to point D. And I'm like, well, that is a lovely fantasy customer <laughs> journey. <laughs> what I'm calling for or suggesting is a little like the shift that happened a couple decades ago in economics, right, where there was all this thinking that people behave rationally, that the mm. rational economic actor is at the core of our um, economic theory, and then the behavioral economists kind of raise their hands and were like, "That's awesome if people acted like that, but they don't. <laughs> Irrational." And so, part of you know understanding and serving the transformational consumer is understanding that their journey, and and I don't mean their life cycle with your brand or with your product. I mean their real world journey of trying to solve the human problem that your company exists to solve. Mm -hmm. That journey can be linear, but most often is not. Most often people will try and fail to solve that problem a bunch of times before they get progress and traction. Sometimes they will make a little progress and then they'll backslide. Think about, think about you know, the, the concept of the yo-yo diet is like mm. this concept. But what I like to sort of put forth as an archetype for this, this path, the path of your customer in the real world, is the hero's journey. Mm. Right. So in a hero's journey, your hero sort of has this quest and has this call to adventure to go out and and make some big change or, or you know, uh, uh, achieve some big goal. And they go out and this is like a it's, it's not a point A to point B like football. It's like going from home base around the bases <laughs> to back to home. Mm. Um, but home change when you come home, you're changed because you've had all these experiences. You've tried and failed. You've had all this growth. You've learned some things. You've met some guides and mentors and tools and aids along the way. And then when you do finally, you know, when you're victorious, you come back really to yourself, who you were when you started, but so grown and evolved. Mm. And, you know, sort of my call to action to the people who read this book is to th rethink uh, uh, their whole business through the lens of how can our business be a guide or a mentor or an aid or a tool to these people as they make this kind of circuitous, you know, maybe trying and failing um, journey toward the lives they want to have, the bodies they want to have, the finances they want to have, the people they want to be. Now let's let's dig into that a little bit more. Talk about the similarities, Tara, or, or intersection between the transformational consumer's hero journey and, and that of the the leader hero, the type of person listening to this podcast, employed by or leading a company or yes. brand. 
Oh, so the thing is, is like I've said, most people who will read this book or who will listen to this podcast, mm. most of them are transformational consumers too. And many of us see our careers as like a really important part of the way we show up in the world and fulfill our potential to be who we are. Um, and what I've noticed, especially, you know, when you're talking about most leaders who are n not necessarily in the C-suite, so everybody else, <laughs> right. um, and, and honestly, also C-suiteers, but people struggle to, a lot of the leaders that I talk with struggle to, they may, they may believe the content of this book. They may already have had these instincts. Not as, maybe not this systematically or not with like a plan and a set of, you know, action items, but they've struggled to get other people in the company on board. I mean, and I talk to founders, CEOs, people in the actual C-suite who struggle to get their teams on board. Mm. Um, they struggle in the other way around, too. I often talk with marketers or, you know, product designers, product managers who are like struggling to get the C-suite to understand this, this, these insights. So there's a little bit of where what this book is about is about the nuts and bolts of how to do this work of serving the transformational consumer. But then there's a lot. It's That's all kind of a head fake. <laughs> <laughs> um, because what the book is really about is a call to action for the leaders who read it to go on their own adventure, their own hero's journey and of systematically sort of repositioning their companies mm -hmm. in a way that allows them to show up fully in the world as a transformational leaders they are. Right. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, we live in a time where there is a, a major leadership vacuum. Mm -hmm. And I think people increasingly are the, the upside of that is that we're seeing leadership instinct be pulled out of people in their work, in their team management and the products they develop in their community work. And that is a real. So there's like a, a whole sort of through line message sort of arc of the book that is like, hey, I don't care whether you work on a you know, a CPG product on soap, on a technology product, on in a church, whatever your leadership role is, you can use that to lift people up and to change people's lives in the world for the better. So that's the hero's journey of the leaders that mm -hmm. read this book. And the second half of the book, chapters five through nine, really digs into rethinking everything, right? From our, our product, marketing, customers, competition, culture, the whole shebang. Absolutely. So the rest of the book is about is a little more systematic. It's a little more about, you know, how to actually do this work of, you know, shifting whatever you need to shift in your business to serve transformational consumers and to drive engagement. So the, the framework is much broader than being about, you know, fitness and finance products. Mm. Occasionally, there's a product that it doesn't really work for. Um, I always think of them under the acronym of ATF, like the Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. <laughs> like, if you sell alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, like, God bless you, but I don't know that you should be marketing them through the lens of, like, transformation. <laughs> like, actually, just please don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> it will strain credibility. Um, but, you know, there's occasional other products, like, you know, garbage bags come to mind. Mm. Although, you know, I just, I did talk to someone the other day that was like, I don't know, like I went out and bought a bunch of car contractor sized garbage bags to do this uncluttering project in my home. And I was doing it as like a goal and for, you know, wealthy or wiser, I thought it would make me more productive, whatever. And I'm like, that's, that's actually real and awesome. Mm. And, and shines a light on the idea that like what makes a product or a purchase or 
content engagement with a brand transformational is not the brand's intention. It's the intention of the consumer who engages in that thing. Mm. Um, and so, and many times people are buying supplies and things, making choices between one kind of a food and another out of an effort to, to live out their aspirations for healthier, wealthier, wiser. So that's like this uh, kind of an important point to take away. Mm. But the rethinks in the second half of the book are really useful for any kind of business. They really are because it's, it's, they call for a radical shift in perspective to fixate on your customer and to fixate on your customer's real life, real world journey and problems and solutions. And that is something every single business ever could stand to do and would benefit from doing, especially if engagement matters. And, and my argument is engagement, meaning you know loyalty, meaning repeat business, repeat visits to your website, meaning increased usage of your products and, and repeat purchases of them, and meaning word of mouth referrals, meaningful engagement with the content and the marketing messages that you publish. There's no business that doesn't need that. So to the extent that the rest, the, the rethinks in the book from rethinking what you sell to rethinking your, your customer, your competition, your marketing and your culture, you know, the, the sort of underlying message of that is fixate on your customers and stop fixating on your product. And that message is for everyone. Mm, I love that. I love how you said that. And it's, it's caused me to, to really think long and hard about in the future the products and services I create for the audience that I've built over the last uh, yeah. three and a half years uh, as well. Yeah, and I've found a lot of value in this. I, I do have a, a couple of questions, uh, Tara, in the time we have left that I want to ask you that aren't related to the book. Uh, but sure. bef- before I do that, is there anything else from the book you want to make sure we know? I mean, the, the, that's, I think the fixate on your customer message, mm-hmm. if, if, People were to take that one message away and, and to think about the change you want to create um, mm. and, and, and at a high level, not like change meaning buy my thing. <laughs> 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 okay, like every self-respecting business person wants that. <laughs> right. I mean, like what is the change in the world and the people's lives that you serve that you want to create, that you are here to create um, and mm. fixate on their real world experience of trying to solve that problem and just get systematic about what obstacles can you remove, what progress triggers can you insert. Every business benefits from that, whether it's a health product or not. Well, transition now in your mind, if you would, from the book you've written to to the books you've read, uh, what would you say are the two or three titles that, that immediately come to mind, Tara, as having had the biggest impact on you over the years? Okay. I've got three. Okay. I will give them to you relatively efficiently, I hope. Um, <laughs> I say that because I can tend to wax rhapsodic about them. <laughs> I have one of them I've bought. I've, I have bought multiple copies of each of these books. I've worn them out. Mm. So one of them is called Necessary Endings. It's a book by Henry Cloud, who is a, a psychotherapist and executive coach. So Necessary Endings is a book all about learning to see the way of the world as seasonal and understanding the need to constantly be pruning things that are sick or dying or mediocre Mm. and things meaning anything, meaning relationship patterns, occasionally meaning relationships, sometimes meaning business initiatives and projects. 
So it was a real world U shift for me because I tend to be a like, go hard and fix things, (laughs) (laughs) just fix things, fix what's broken. And um, this created a new skill set for me around spotting what's not working and being very okay with pruning it um, in an elegant way, in a way that is takes away a lot of learning and is done with care uh, for the people involved. So mm-hmm. that book changed the game. There's, uh, there's a book, there are actually a couple of them, The War of Art, Turning Pro by oh, yeah. Stephen Pressfield. He has like that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have work that is creative at all, and I submit that every entrepreneur executive does, um, I, I'd see my business as like my art. Um, so I read a lot of books about writing mm-hmm. and apply that work to my business. Those books you can read in like an hour and a half each, and they will change the game. The two I like the most are The War of Art and Turning Pro. And then I've um, there's a book called The Untethered Soul that is not a business book at all, but it's largely about how to remain emotionally grounded and find limitless energy to live the life that you want to live, no matter the circumstances, every single day. Mm-hmm. And that book, um, I think I've read it probably four times. Uh, I'd heard of, of, of the Henry Cloud uh, book and the Stephen Pressfield books, but The Untethered Soul was, was a new one. Uh, Henry was, was on the, I should say, Dr. Cloud was on the podcast. Um, he is my hero. Uh, uh, he, back in uh, episode 131, um, and he has a relatively new podcast uh, himself that I've had the privilege uh, to appear on. Have, have you appeared on his show? I haven't. I haven't. Uh, if if you need it, or if this would help in any way, I'd love to make an introduction. I would love that too. Awesome. I, I like sometimes in my mind, I'm like, no one has read Henry Cloud like I have. Read. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, you know, every one of them, they're simple, but they're very, very mindset triggering mm. for me, especially because I started reading them when I was a young leader, mm. like before I had an executive role, and I think they really colored the way I saw leadership in a, in a core way. So I would love that introduction. I first had a chance to hear him speak at, I believe what is now called the global uh, leadership summit uh, several years ago. And have purchased and read uh, several of his, his books. I'm a, I'm a big fan as well. Yeah. Well, in, in uh, preparing for this, this conversation, I, I watched a few videos uh, of Tara on YouTube doing her thing in, in, in the public speaking space. And it was very helpful in preparation for this, but also in just being a better public speaker. I learned, I learned quite a few things. And so I would love if you could share here, Tara, uh, some of your tips, having done it so often, for, for delivering an impactful yeah. and, and memorable public talk. So one thing is, if you want to get to the end of your talks and feel like extreme joy and elation and excitement, you kind of can't start them with dread and fear and <laughs> like hating the process. <laughs> I have a teacher who always says, you can't get there from there. Mm. It's like that, right? So that's one thing. I have loved to speak my whole life, but I was trained to speak my whole life in mm. church and school as mm. a very young child. I do think that people walk into it with dread and hope to come out of it with something other than that. And you just can't <laughs> get from there. Yeah. So like work on the mindset is one thing. If you're dreading it, you, you clearly don't personally dread it. Um, I think one of the other things that I do is I treat almost everything like I treat the process I'm talking about in the book. I think about my audience and who they are and how I want them to leave the experience changed. Mm. Um, and I think about that both from an energetic perspective and from a content perspective. Like I want people to leave with like energy and excitement and eagerness. Um, So that's kind of 
the energy that I show up with. Um, and then I also want them to leave understanding that people are out there in the world ready for what they do, mm. um, ready to be changed, looking for leadership and looking for people to help change them. And so that's like core to all of the content of the talks that I give. The third thing I would say is I do a lot increasingly and in this. I don't even know if you will have seen in the in the videos that you saw, but I'm shifting a lot of my talks to just tell stories more. Mm. I know that the human brain engages with stories. And so I, I think a lot about what are the stories I tell my clients over and over again to illustrate topics. And I'm bringing them into my talks more and more. Mm. Well, I know the book has, has been out now for, I guess, less than a month. So this may be a, a premature question, but I'd be curious to know what you and your team are working on now or what you're excited about to, to do next. Well, that's never premature. <laughs> that's never premature. I've got a bunch of stuff I'm working on. So first is I do, you know, I run a consulting firm called Transformational Consumer Insights. We have been so blessed this year with like some incredible new clients and exciting like product spaces that I've never worked in before. Mm. Um, so what we do is marketing strategy, content strategy, um, and a lot of customer research. So I, I have a number of clients that just actually hire me as like, we call it CMO as a service, but like a fractional CMO. Mm. And um, I always start with understanding the business strategy and helping people understand their customers more deeply before we start getting, you know, nuts and bolts about how to market to them and engage them. So that's like my kind of quote unquote day job. Then on the other side of my business, we actually have, I have a burgeoning sort of learning and development business. So I'm running those 30 day writing challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's an incredible sort of mental and emotional windshield wiper for the leaders who join those. Um, it changes the game. I've also had three people now write more than half of a book in the course of a 30 day, 30 day writing challenge. So it's a, it's a really intensive, fun experience. So I'm running the 30 day writing challenges. Um, we're turning some of that work into a 90 day book accelerator for thought leaders called one quarter one book that launches in may Mm. um i produce occasional retreats only because like it's in my spirit to do and it has changed the lives of the people i've done it with so i basically like the third day writing challenge i take growth experiences that have changed my world and life and productivity and career and i just turn them into growth experiences for the leaders we work with Mm. So I have two retreats that we're working on for this year. We call them the strategic sabbatical. That's my, that's my world. <laughs> well, for anyone wanting to, to follow up on any of those, what's, what's the best place on the web for them to, to check out? Yeah, go to transformationalconsumer.com. Um, if you're interested in consulting, there's a what we do button. Mm. And if you're interested in the growth and development experiences, click on blog. And that's, I actually run a lot of those off of my personal blog, which is linked to there. Well, the book, again, is The Transformational Consumer, Fuel a Lifelong Love Affair with Your Customers by Helping Them Get Healthier, Wealthier, and Wiser. And it's written by our guest today, Tara Nicole Nelson. Uh, Tara, fascinating book. I loved it. Thank you so much for writing it. And thank you for, for being a part of the Read to Lead podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, Jeff. It's been awesome to be here. Each and every episode of the Read to Lead podcast, of course, includes references to links and resources you may want to investigate later. The easiest way to go find all that stuff after listening to an episode is by going to the show notes page that's created just for this episode. And that page can be found at Read to Lead Podcast 
com slash 163 for episode 163. Remember our sponsor, Cloud Accounting Software FreshBooks, and that free trial they're offering to you as a listener to this podcast. Find out more about them and what they do at freshbooks.com slash read to lead. And be sure and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. We'd love to have you as part of the read to lead university book club. Text the word university if you're in the States to 33444 and be notified when registration opens happening very, very soon. Or just visit readtoleaduniversity.com. And finally, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on your favorite app. Maybe that's the podcast app in iTunes or maybe that's Stitcher, whatever your favorite app is. Make sure you subscribe to Read to Lead so that new episodes are delivered to you automatically. Well, that's going to do it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the Read to Lead podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Read to Lead podcast. As a subscriber, we challenge you to be more than just a passive listener. Become a vital member of the community. Visit us on the web at Read to Lead podcast podcast.com. Until next time, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh.